Good afternoon, evening or morning, wherever you are listening or, or viewing from. I am Adam Parry, the editor of Vent Industry News, and joining me on today's podcast is Laura Davidson, uh, director at Tag Digital, who are specialists in paid search, analytics and social advertising, and exclusively in the event sector. Laura, welcome to today's podcast. Great. Hi, thanks, Adam. How are you doing? Good, good, good. To give... Um, to give people that are listening or, or viewing this a little bit more background about yourselves and Tag Digital and the work they do, would you would you just kind of mind explaining a little bit more about that to give some context? Yeah, sure. So Tag Digital, we are event PPC specialists. So we work in paid media across search, social display and video. Um, all of our clients are event organisers. So typically they want the same thing. They want us to run exhibitor promotion ads, visitor promotion ads, delegates, awards entries, new data, that kind of thing. Um, we do about 2,000 events globally each year um, and we're growing all the time. Um, and yeah, our clients are a combination of independent show organisers, associations um, and conferences. Brilliant, fantastic. And, and you recently actually delivered a webinar for the events industry, which I, I'd love to focus some of this, this conversation on. And I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it kind of evolved around strategies that event organisers or, or the time that they've got now, the, the things that they could do to, I suppose, help with the effects of COVID-19 and, you know, going forward um, out, of, out, of, out of this problem that, we're, that the industry's facing. Um, one of the interesting things that I noted on um, your, your webinar was that you actually analysed around 100 events, I think, um, that have been cancelled or postponed. Could you, could you maybe share with some, some of the interesting analysis and, and what, you, what you guys found out once you'd looked at those, those 100 events? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, like I said, our clients are all event organisers. So as soon as COVID-19 hit, we just started seeing, you know, a massive decline in the events that were going ahead. Um, kind of starting in Asia, then moving to Europe and then moving to the US. And what we saw was, yeah, probably about 100 events that we were working on at that time were either postponed or cancelled. I would say that the majority have been postponed. We've actually only had one or two that have actually been cancelled, which has been really encouraging. Um, the majority have been postponed till kind of August, September time this year. So what we thought is we obviously had a lot less client work that we had to be doing. Let's analyse, you know, what everybody's doing. I think everybody's scrambling. Everyone's trying to figure out the best thing that they should be doing right now. So we looked at a whole bunch of different things and we thought like, how can we be helpful to the industry? I think that, you know, that was one of the things that we saw is there's just great camaraderie just now in the industry and everyone's kind of pulling together. So, you know, we had a bit of time to thought, right, what can we do? So normally we are events PPC people, but we looked at web, we looked at social, we looked at SEO, we looked at kind of everything so that we could say, okay, here's what we've noticed and here is best practice and here's just like some ideas because we're getting you know lots of different ideas and just as the situation's evolving things are kind of changing week on week as well so mm -hmm. yeah I can take you through some of the kind of the key things that we've seen um so I think first of all in a kind of really broad um kind of note is there's less competition just now so cost per click has been going down usually this is a really really busy time for events so typically may 
is a peak and September is a peak. Okay. So cost per click is quite expensive at that time. It's actually come down because there's less competition. And um, display impressions have gone up because mm -hmm. everyone's going on all the news and there's just people who are just on websites constantly. So it's actually a really efficient time to advertise for anyone that is. Um, we noticed as well that, you know, some of our clients were saying pause our campaigns, <clears throat> which we did, but then they're getting competitors bidding on their brand search. So what we're kind of saying to people is you don't want to be spending a lot of money just now, but you do want to still protect your brand, I think. So just having very kind of, you know, brand or remarketing campaigns running can um, just protect the brand. And it's, it's a really kind of cheap time. Because I would imagine that, that actually we, we've seen this on event industry news, actually, the, the, the readership stats that we, we have are pretty steady most of the year round. Um, but, you know, over the last couple of weeks, they've, they've, they've skyrocketed. Um, and that's not because we've found new readers. It's because more of those readers are spending more time all at the same time on the publication. They're, they're kind of looking at what's happening with, with COVID, what news we're producing, Parliament, the, the, the government, et cetera. And, and I suppose, you know, just keeping abreast of what's happening because they've got less to do in, in general with other stuff. So I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that actually this is still a great time for people to have some messaging out there and maybe use that, 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 that um, pay-per-click display advertising to, to focus their audience on maybe some content from, from last year or, or a guide or, con or a webinar or, or something thought leadership them, themselves, right? Yeah, I think that's it. And it's about, you know, especially around about this time, being tactful about what your messaging actually is. So people don't want to see, oh, we've got a discount on a on a delegate pass or, you know, book your stand. Everyone's kind of concerned. So it's about what kind of messaging can you push that's actually going to be useful and relevant to your audience. So, yeah, exactly. As you say, content, white papers, maybe if you have pivoted and you've got a virtual event, getting people to register for that. Um, also, if you've got any of your speakers doing webinars, we've done some campaigns around that, which has been really good. Um, and I think for the organisers, because the thing is, like, so say, for instance, events that we had that were scheduled for March or April, our clients have spent probably 80% of their budget by that stage already. So they've invested a huge amount of time, energy and money into this event that's now going to have to be kind of remarketed later in the year. So what we were saying is, you know, don't let that traffic all go to waste. Think about a way that you can utilize that traffic to still give you a benefit, but not push a sales message down people's throat when they're kind of at this really difficult time. Um, so, yeah, for the organizer, I think the best thing that they can get is data at this stage, you know, take them to a really simple landing page, a keep me interested form, telling people what you're doing about COVID-19, um, you know, all of these things that can be helpful um, to your users, but also give data back to the organizer. And it means you've not wasted all, all of that money and time and energy on, on your campaigns that you've been running for yeah. six months, probably. So for those that, that might be listening and, and, are, and are interested in, you know, PPC for their business, retargeting, et cetera, they, if, if, um, if I'm understanding correctly, even though their event may not be going ahead until later in the year, they can still retarget and remarket to those, those customers, don't they? It's not like all of a sudden you've only got a 10-day window or something like that, right? Exactly. So what we've done just as kind of good housekeeping is extended all of our remarketing lists. So typically you get your best response from a retargeting list that's maybe 30 days or 60 days. Because if you've not been on a website in four months, you're 
probably not that engaged. So what we've done is extended all of our retargeting lists to 270 days, but also created a separate list for your 30 day um, audience and also created another list which we would have had anyway for people that have pre-registered at that time mm -hmm. so that you've got like people who registered that you need to inform people who um have been on the website in that kind of time period and then just the um the people who were kind of there at the time that the event got postponed so i'd say for anyone running their own campaigns even if you've paused them just now go back in and extend all of your audience lists um because you'll need them later perfect and me looking into your webinar, you, you had some great advice around what organisers can do with, with messaging on their website to keep people informed, what they can do via email and social networks. Could, could you share some of that with people that are listening now so they can take ideas away and, and implement that themselves if they're having to postpone? Yeah, sure. So out of all the events that we looked at, 23%, I think it was, out of them didn't actually have a statement on the website saying the event's been postponed, uh, this is what's happening or it wasn't in a place that was immediately obvious. So what we're saying to people is have it on the homepage, have it above the fold line, and actually if you can have it linking to another page that's maybe like COVID-19 statement, something like that. And the reason for that is if you've got a separate page, it means that Google will start to pick it up as, a, as its own site link in organic search, but also in paid search as well. Um, so it means that you've just got a separate place and it means that they see it in the search engine results, results page. Um, the other bit to that is Google um, Webmaster. I would use that. There's um, a website schema.org. So if you're using structured data, which basically means that, you know, if you're looking for, you know, if you see maybe like flight times or cinema times in your search engine results page, um, it means that you can change the status of your event. So whether it is postponed with new dates, whether it's postponed and you don't know the dates, whether it's become a virtual event, you know, whatever the status is, you can now get that. I'll include a screenshot as well so you can see that. Um, so we'd recommend updating the schema, updating the website, and then having just the other thing that we saw that we, saw, we thought was really good in communication was some clients were releasing their contingency plans. So we, they might not be postponing, but I think it gave it um, reassurance to an audience that maybe uh, weren't sure what was happening. So part of the messaging, I think, is saying we have a contingency plan. This is what it will be, you know, whether you have to do it or not. It's a different story. Yeah. And, and for people listening or watching this, we'll, we'll link below into some resources that, that Laura and her team have, have provided me ahead of this podcast so that you can see these things um on, on paper and, and how they might look for, for your event and, and those examples there i think just to look, dig a little bit deeper into to, to one element um and i must admit this was i suppose kind of new information even for me who who likes to think himself as, as quite web web savvy and, and stuff like that is talking a little bit about the the schema i think there's resources in there that people can turn to 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 either give to their teams or maybe their web developer to, to help that but the event status type, that actually appears, doesn't it, on the Google search results or on the search engine results as you search. It's, it's not, the attendee hasn't, or the, the, the person searching hasn't got to your website at that point, has it? It's actually the results that were presented yeah. before. So it's exactly. great positioning yeah. in, in terms really of good. visibility. Yeah, you're right at the top of organic. Um, I think it, it means that they know what's happening before they even click through to the website. I think it shows that you are totally on it from like a communication and engagement point of view. 
Um, and it just, you know, anything that looks different to your standard, you know, search engine results page is more engaging generally because it just looks different. So people, you know, uh, tend to click on it as well. So, yeah, I think it gives you good positioning, clear communication. And it means that if it has evolved from in person to virtual or postpone but we don't actually know the dates you know all that stuff is is there so there's a huge amount of flexibility in it um so yeah we've got a lot of people doing that but yeah you need to do it in search console and your web developer would probably have to help i think would you agree that and my opinion of this would be that if i saw information relating to an event like that around search results around the event it would almost say to me that the event has some recognition some authority some trust as well because why would why would that information be displayed to me if this event was just a, a, another event right it, it actually for me would present um, an opportunity to to heighten your brand when people are engaging with it through, yeah. through search engines to me i think the people that have done it it's it's fresh and it shows that they have really thought about you know how do we want to appear to our users like we're on it this is the plan you know and i think it gives users confidence I think everything that everybody does right now you know at the end of all of this you want to know that you did all the right things throughout the process and I think it just kind of is another checkbox for doing the right thing you know and, and communicating well to everybody yeah I'm, I'm definitely going to do some more research on that so so you know thanks to yourself because yeah, that bit of information is really helpful for us absolutely um can, can people reach out to you directly if they if oh, they need yeah. help with that yeah yeah definitely yeah we've been thinking you know what else can we do we're thinking maybe we'll do like a ppc surgery i think lots of people you know not even just for events like lots of people are using this time to figure out you know other skills that they might want to um acquire so we're definitely open to doing stuff like that and letting people just you know ask any questions you know and we're happy to Perfect. help fantastic and let's talk about some other strategies then that organizers as can try well while they may not be running the event what what can they do with that time to keep their their audience engaged what what would your advice be there some are obviously looking to to pivot to to maybe doing webinars like yourselves thought leadership stuff virtual events there's, there's a whole host of things is there is there anything that you found through your analysis or through your own experience that you advise listeners and, and viewers to, to to look into yeah i think now is definitely the time to think about what kind of content have you got that could be repurposed um webinars virtual conferences i think all of that stuff is you know you've got a bit more time to work on it or repurpose old content um i would definitely say create a dedicated landing page with the coronavirus info and a lead capture around about keep me informed and the other thing that we are always pushing as a whole, and I think now is quite a good time to do it, is creating video content. So mm. we, we would generally help organisers build kind of simple video content. Um, but I think using this time, because the, the interesting thing that's going to happen whilst cost per click is going down just now, when all these rescheduled events happen in September, cost per click is going to go up massively. Whereas video is a cheaper way to advertise. So if possible, thinking about how you can create some video content, because sometimes we come to do a campaign and our clients say, oh, we've got, you know, a three minute post show over um, post show video from last year. But, you know, it's about the kind of short snackable content. Um, and then so I think if you've got a way to create some video just now, um, you know, just editing what you've got, basically, I think that can 
set you up for when you're ready to advertise and you can use video stories much cheaper advertising formats yeah uh, absolutely I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that i mean i posted a video on linkedin just of me talking about virtual and hybrid events you know mm -hmm. it was it was a bit rough and ready and um, it wasn't it wasn't polished by any means um but actually, in, in terms of the, the, the engagement statistics that, that LinkedIn provided me, it's been viewed nearly 7,000 times by, by my network and, and the people's network that commented it on things like that. So if you have that, that engaging content and you, you can even put some money behind it, then the, the return on that investment, what you have to make and the coverage and exposure you can get. And, and let's be honest, we anything that moves catches our eyes right we're like humans are kind of like magpies we're, we're kind of like oh what's that over there I've, I've noticed as we're doing this podcast a couple of people walk past my office window here and i, I just can't help myself but kind of turn yeah. turn towards it yeah. and there, there's some great tools aren't there uh, laura out there that you don't even necessarily need to just repurpose content you know there's canva and other tools like this yeah. that, that yeah. with basic skills you can put something engaging that looks cool that looks professional um okay. that moves and really is, is one of those tools that you can pump in then to a video campaign and, and really get some good pull through, right? Yeah, and there is inbuilt editing now on YouTube, on Facebook, you know, that you can actually make it look okay. You know, if it is something, saving, like if you're thinking about like some short speaker content or something to create a teaser, um, you know, there's definitely enough there that you can create something yourself without having any kind of video editing skills. And, you know, there's, there's lots of other content that you'll maybe get the professionals in to do it, but there's lots that you can do yourself I think which which works let me let me ask you maybe a, a difficult question then because there's so many platforms right there's there's you know you can you can do PPC through Google and other search engines there's Facebook there's LinkedIn there's, there's Instagram there's there's all these platforms that, that people can market to an audience through one question what's your favorite and um what 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 where would you how would you decide where to put your budget when it comes to, yeah. to campaigns um i think i would have to say adwords probably is yeah. is our favorite i think it's they're probably the best at what they do i think the capability of machine learning is phenomenal you know it's really predictive advertising um, and and youtube coming into that now just opens up you know, cheaper advertising, more ad formats, um, and, you know, it works very well. So typically we spend maybe 50% of a budget on AdWords, including search, display, and video. Um, and I would say it depends on your budget. You know, it depends on your size of event, depends on the audience, but often our channel mix comes down to Google, Bing, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. So, you know, people say, oh, I've got an event in Germany, should I use Zing? And, um, I've got an event in South Korea, should I use Naver? And yes, you do get some results on those, but often the best ad technology still sits within Google, um, you know, within Google Ads. Um, and uh, Facebook is, is very good as well. LinkedIn is getting a lot better, I would say. I think there's a lot, it's maybe been a slower platform to, um, to adapt just to add technology because they had so many other revenue models with sales navigator and the recruitment side of things um, but it's definitely getting better there's lead gen ads which work well there's local like audiences all these things just you know just taking a bit more time it's more expensive as everyone knows but we do get some good results there um, i think what i what i like about linkedin is that you you can set a campaign up can't you to 
target specific companies and yeah. specific roles within those companies. You can even, you know, not that I, I think most people have got the time to do this, but you could literally set a specific campaign just for people within one organization, right, that, that are on that yeah. network, which I think is super powerful. Have you, have you had any experience in doing that with any of, of your customers? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, some of our events are maybe targeting something like biotech CEOs, you know, super specific, quite difficult people to get in, get hold of. Um, but we use all of the top companies that we want to target, CEO. We don't tech like audience expansion because that's, that's what you'll notice if you're on your own campaign. If you tech audience expansion, you're kind of letting LinkedIn find people, which can be good, but can also just spend more money, you know, which is what they're, they're trying to do. Um, so, yeah, I think if you're trying to target, sometimes if you go too specific, it's hard to get the audience big enough for the ads to actually show and get impressions. So it's about finding a balance, I think, in between that. But, yeah, if you've got... Um, campaigns and that's what I would always say if you're setting up your campaigns to have like your objective and then have different ad sets so you might say okay that one I'm going to target company names and I know all the companies I want to get my sales leads from this one I'm going to target groups this one I'm going to target you know sector plus seniority or something a bit broader run all of those side by side and then you can say okay that's the one that's working the best or yeah the leads are coming in but the quality is not good enough you know stuff like that so always make sure you've got enough um, variation on your targeting to make it worth your while. You see, this is this is why I'm glad that we work with you at Events Live <laughs> because I would have totally clicked on that LinkedIn expand audience button and probably shot, shot all of our revenue in like a week or something like that. Just just thinking, oh, we're we'll getting lots of impressions and, and that kind of stuff, but it's it's not the right part. Right and part. they all they all do the same. You know, Google says, oh, have you thought about this keyword? And you're like, yeah, that keyword, you know, is relevant because we do, we are a marketing conference. We thought about marketing trends and all of a sudden, you know, you've spent your daily budget in 10 seconds. So, uh, yeah, I think they will offer you helpful solutions, but helpful means spend more money generally. Yeah. And, and for anybody listening to this podcast, it, it would be my advice, not just because we work with Laura Events Out Live, but because they are the professionals they know they 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 can take your budget and they can make it work so much better and so much harder for you i know we've all got access to these tools i know you can go in and facebook's always promoting you know here's a 10 pound credit spend a little bit that's their hook that's how they get you in and then your credit card goes on and all of a sudden you're left with a four grand bill and no registrations but you know these these tools are there they can work but you know really have a have a chat to a professional like Laura and her team because they can make your budget work 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 so much harder for you. Yeah. I think we get a lot of people who maybe say, Oh, I did Google ads, it didn't work, spent a thousand pounds, didn't get anything because they make it like you say so easy to set it up, but to actually generate return on investment is like a whole different conversation. So yeah, I would we're very happy to offer advice. Fantastic. Laura, I, I want to talk about what, what you see coming because you're, you're, you know, you're ahead of the game. You're, you're at the bleeding edge of when it comes to digital marketing for, for the event sector. I know you've just recently uh, launched, obviously, the video service, which, which is you know, super on point at the moment with, with video content, pre-roll, like you said, on YouTube, etc. What, what do you see coming in, in the distant future or in maybe even the near future around, around digital advertising and, and, and what tools and technology and practices will be available to event organizers to, to adapt as part of their event marketing? 
I think um, the thing that we've probably focused on, the two things really, I'd say, yeah, video advertising, 100%. First of all, having the content to start with that, but second of all, using it in the right channels. So if you think like you might pay a pound per click, for instance, on search, you'll maybe pay five pence per view on YouTube. So you just get so much more bang for your buck. So we're really trying to educate our clients about that. The other thing that we're seeing is all of the machine learning is just coming together. So I think um, Facebook collects 5,000 data signals or something on us now. So, you know, you're seeing your ads and you're saying, oh, is, is my phone listening to me? But really it's just all these data points and who you've been around, you're getting predictive advertising. So what we're trying to do is capitalize on that more, use the machine learning, but also match that with smart bidding. So ultimately the question that we're trying to answer for organizers is saying, we will find you new data, typically using lookalike audiences based on past attendees, for instance, but we're not gonna pay any more than four pounds a registration or something like that. So I think using, kind of harnessing the power of all that machine learning, but giving our clients really solid numbers that we can set targets on, um, that they've got the confidence to put more money in because they know, you know, we're not going to say, oh, we spent it and yeah, it was a hundred pound cost per acquisition or something. So I think trying to find um, smart ways of utilizing all of that data is definitely the way that we are going. And Google have released similar, they've got smart bidding now. And so we might say, yeah, we don't want to pay any more than um, five pounds for new data, three pounds for existing data, whatever it is, we can kind of control the machines. Um, so I think that's really exciting. That is really exciting. It's, it's a conversation that's actually come up recently and it was an organiser that was talking to, or reached out to me asking if I knew anybody um, freelancing or currently available to, to audience build, to, to, you know, to do it the old fashioned way, which is kind of hunting on the web and picking up the phone. And mm -hmm. that's not only time consuming and labour intensive, it's, it's, it's extremely costly, right? I mean, you, yeah. you tend to, people that know what they're doing tend to get good results, but it's... Yeah. It's not at it's um, it's not at the cheapest end of the scale, is it? When it comes to, to, to building that audience, and that, I'd say like just over the last four years, like we've seen the percentage of our clients' budgets they're just shifting more and more to digital. You know, some of our mm -hmm. clients now have got seventy percent digital budgets, and um, I think it's it's the way that everything's going, and it's it's because you know there's there's no real other marketing channel that you say right, I spend that and I get that back, you know, guaranteed. Whereas you know, if you add up all of the costs for your audience building, you're, you're talking about potentially, you know, up to £100 for one name or something by the time you add in all the other costs. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's cost efficient and, yeah, we're definitely seeing more people spend their money. And that's what we always say to organisers, start small. It might be quite new to you. Um, and, you know, especially like our association clients, it's, it's a totally new way of advertising. So the great thing is you can start with like £2,000 or dollars see if it works if it works you know with certainty okay if i add another two thousand pounds and i can spend that i'm going to get double the results that i had um you know with the first the first tranche so yeah i think it it's it's low risk you know rather than a huge campaign and crossing your fingers awesome laura laura one of the other things that that we get asked a lot about by by our customers at event tech live our exhibitors and sponsors is are they able to retarget our, our audience? Are they able to work with us to, to pump some extra budget into us, especially leading up to a show or just, just slightly after to get that more, that more visibility, that more brand awareness to us? 
do, do you help clients with those kind of strategies? Is it a revenue stream for, for them almost as well? Yeah, yeah, so exactly, that's it. So organisers are saying, okay, how else can we kind of commercialise all of this stuff that, that we've got, you know, from a digital point of view? So we're about to roll out that service in quite a big way for one of our organisers who you know, have been spending a fortune to build all these data lists and how else can they use them throughout the year and also whilst the event's on. So exactly as you say, retargeting as part of like a digital sponsorship package um, that exhibitor that organisers are reselling their list to sponsors and exhibitors. I think the things to consider and you know what we've seen is um, our organisers can charge about 300% more than, uh, wow. than what they pay. So it's pretty significant as long as you can get the scale with that. Um, so they're making good revenue on it. The thing just to consider as an organizer is um, that's your space, that's your audience to advertise on. So you, you don't want to you don't want to detract from your own results because you've got so many sponsorship ads running uh, because there is only there's a finite size of that audience you know that you can only show ads to. What we've now started to see is organisers are also creating lookalike audiences. So say, for instance, you've got a thousand people in your um, in your list. If you take that to a lookalike, you could have a hundred thousand people in that list. So it gets less competitive for you and your, your um, sponsors. So we've seen people expanding into that, which means that you kind of remove that worry for yourself, you know, around about showtime, you want your own ads running but you could use your lookalikes, which is still highly relevant data for your sponsors, but much bigger pool, so there's not as much competition. So just to turn this a little bit back to, to, to the current situation, there's, there's obviously been so many organisers who are probably listening to this now who have invested in campaigns, have built that audience leading up to a show that unfortunately for now has probably been postponed or possibly even cancelled in the worst case scenario. Could that be an area where in the short term they could leverage some, some, some revenue? Because that audience still exists online, right? The, yeah. the, the profiles yeah, have been sure. built. So in the short term, even while they're not necessarily competing for, for that airtime, for that mind, uh, mind share, actually yeah. this could present a way that they could go back to their sponsors in the short term and say, listen, our event's postponed, but we can get you in front of that audience right now to, exactly. to, to bring some money in. That's it, because you don't know if all the exhibitors will be able to rebook for later in the year. You still want to give, you know, added value, especially to some of your, your really key guys. So, yeah, I think that's a great thing that organisers can be doing just now. Um, and it gets maybe a bit of um, cash in the door. We've got someone doing that this week at the moment and they've kind of reframed the messaging. So initially it was all about kind of signing up and, and joining as like a um, kind of um, a franchisee. But actually, they've changed the messaging and it's more about how do you kind of uh, create the best like brand personality and stuff. So, again, for your sponsors, what is the most tactful and helpful message to be sending right now that isn't really salesy? So, yeah, I think that's a great way that they can they can leverage that data. That must be that's got to be our next webinar then. Get that, get that, get the team on that one, get that out this month. Definitely. I'm sure you'll have hundreds and hundreds of signups because there's there's people just kind of going, what can we do right? Like, yeah. Right. That's it. Um, and things are evolving every day, I think, in terms of strategies. Absolutely. Um one one kind of like final question, and it, it, it comes on to a point that 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 you were very positive about and, and was great news to hear. 
um, was actually recently some of your, your clients in kind of the Asia region were already kind of planning to start to, to re-kick campaigns off. So they're kind of looking already to the point where events are kind of happening again. What's your advice to people with that strategy? When, when do you think that they should be looking to re-kickstart things that they might have had to pause with their event? Is it, is it six weeks out? Is it eight weeks out? What, what's your advice at the moment considering yeah. things? I think typically we always like about a 12 week window for our visitor promotion campaigns and 12 weeks before that for exhibitors. They don't all have that right now. The earliest stuff we've got new booked is for June. Whether that all goes ahead or not, I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, our Asian events are kind of August, September time that, that all do seem to be going ahead at the moment. Um, so yeah, about 12 weeks. I would say if you are now in a stage where you think, well, I definitely don't have time to do a full XCOM campaign, just get started with visitor and keep an exhibitor retargeting campaign running at the same time because what you it's hard you know to have both objectives running at the same time to what is quite a similar audience really you know we like to think our exhibitors and visitors are really different but a lot of the things that they look for and they're interested in are actually the same so get your viz from campaign running as soon as possible the shortest time frame we do is about two weeks um, and it's always a crazy, you know, last minute dash, which we don't recommend. But, you know, everyone's not got the luxury of time or, or budget probably at this stage. Um, so, yeah, I'd say ideally 12 minimum would be two, um, you know, that you're running stuff. And I would definitely still get something going for XPOM because that's obviously where you're going to get your revenue coming from. Um, so trying to just run it all in a parallel um, but just make sure everything's nice and segmented for your audiences. So all those organisers that are listening or watching, watching this now that are maybe pivoting to, to virtual or digital are considering, still got time if, you, if your event's two or three weeks out, you've still got uh, time to run a campaign again. Still do something, you know, just to, to, to get it going. And I think people are starting to just, yeah, they're, they're looking for things that they can do, things they can be engaged in, you know, and that gives them a kind of valuable use of their time whilst they're at home. Then I think you'll get a really good response from those at the moment. Fantastic, Laura. Laura, a um, couple of things. Um, where can people find more information out about this webinar? Um, I, I will try and link it below, but, but if they're listening now and want to Google it straight away, where can they go? Yeah. If you just go on our website, tagdigital.co.uk, in the news section, you can just sign up to the webinar. Um, it's there and you'll get sent a recording of it as well as the slides. Um, so feel free to do that. Um, any problems, email me, Laura, at tagdigital.co.uk. Yeah, and for listeners, I, I really would suggest going and, and, and getting, getting that deck and getting that video because we, we've only just had enough time to touch on it really lightly. There's, there's a wealth of information in there. There's some really, really good tips. And it's worth just having on deck um, to, as a resource for you and your team to, to look to. Laura, thank you very much for, for joining us Thanks. today on the Events Industry News podcast. Listeners, if you have enjoyed today, do tag Laura, share, connect up with her, comment on this uh, podcast. And if you do have time, please give us a rating in, the, in your chosen podcast um, platform. It really does help with the discoverability of this podcast and getting the message and the information to the whole events industry. Um, that's it for now. So until next time, thank you very much for listening in. Mm -hmm.